welcome back to my podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. Today is the first Wednesday after Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back as a police officer grabbed him by his shirt to prevent him from entering the driver's seat of his car while his three sons, ages three, five, and eight, sat in the back seat. Thankfully, he didn't die, but unfortunately, the bullets went through some of of his spine, if not all of his spinal cord. He had holes in his stomach, and he had to have nearly his entire colon and small intestines removed. He's currently paralyzed, and he may never walk again. And the reason behind any possible justification to shooting someone who appears to be unarmed in the video, you know, the one that was taken by several different people from different angles, remains unclear. Jacob's attorney said that he was just trying to de-escalate a fight between two women and realized that he didn't want to be a part of the drama anymore right as the police arrived. And a neighbor across the street mentioned that he saw the police wrestle and punch and taser Jacob while yelling, dropped the knife to him but he said that he didn't see Jacob holding any knife or any weapons and no weapons were found as far as we know and allegedly the 911 recording from the woman who called the police mentioned that Jacob was not supposed to be there as if to mean that maybe there was some sort of restraining order that he was violating and um, that apparently he had taken some keys and was refusing to give them back Um, and there were also some allegations that in early July there was a warrant for his arrest that was filed in the Wisconsin Circuit Court with charges of criminal trespass, domestic abuse, and third-degree sexual assault. Um, and it's unclear whether the police knew about that before they got there. I mean, some people said that the actual dispatcher from 911 put his name in the system and, and knew that and had given that information to the police. But that's all allegations that we just don't know. But if any of that has somewhat, somehow changed your feelings or decreased your outrage about what happened to him, then I am sorry to tell you that you are part of the problem. And um, it's normal, it's human, but you are. Because as a society, we need to stop being so easily corrupted into the dark side. Because you see, the, the only facts that matter here are the facts that he wasn't armed, he was not threatening anyone's life, And he was shot in the back at point-blank range by an officer whose job is to protect, not hurt us, and whose salary is paid for by taxpayers that include him. We live in a society that abides by the rule of law, which includes the right to due process and the presumption of innocence until a conviction happens. We don't execute people just for having a criminal background. And an arrest warrant is not the same thing as a criminal conviction, just so you know. Not that that should change anything, but just so you know. You know? Because just like people are sued without reason, sometimes for frivolous reasons, people are also falsely accused of crimes. So whether that did or didn't happen is not only irrelevant generally, but it should also not cause you to see him differently. It should not cause you to make a judgment in your mind that he's definitely a criminal and that what happened to him is okay. And yes, of course, people should not resist arrest. But resisting arrest does not warrant shots in the back. And in this case, it isn't even clear that he was being arrested. So, why would the police even chase him to his car? And, you know, drawing their guns at him. And shoot him in the back. It's just... 
it's so baffling, you know, and I'm here sitting thinking, oh God, here's yet another episode of High Vibe Advocate where it's low vibe as hell. <laughs> um, sorry for lack of better words, but it is very low vibe and I didn't want to talk about this and I don't want to be divisive, you know. I know these are dark times that we're living through. I also am someone who's very moderate. I walk the very middle of the road. I am a big believer that there's always two sides of every story. That nobody's a hero and nobody's a saint and nobody's a true, absolute criminal. I mean, it's very rare that you get a, you know. But, um, you know, and I'm definitely someone who loves, admires, and appreciates the police because I have family and close friends who, are, who proudly wear that uniform and who I know would never act in the way that we see some of these officers acting. But I also don't believe in blindly defending anyone of any any group or you know, defending any class of people. I think that officers um, who do this should be penalized severely. They should they should respond to the crime that they've committed. They have abused their power. Um, and I think that the officers who are prejudiced and unjustifiably violent and unapologetic for wrongdoings are in fact putting other officers' lives and all of our lives at risk because this contention, this this terrible conflict. Because, you know, by the way, by the way, Jacob is black and black Americans are tired, tired of this happening. And it does happen to them more often. Okay, they are treated differently. They have been victimized. They have been demonized. They have been just basically painted as lesser than. And it's awful. For what reason? It baffles me. I don't understand. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. But there's a lot of things that don't make sense to me, you know? Um... If you're tired of news like this and of the protests and the aftermath that follows, imagine what the black community feels. How they feel that this keeps happening over and over more prevalently with them than any other racial group. And trust me, I know police brutality and violence and gunning down of you know happens with everybody of every race, but it does seem to happen more often uh, with the black community and because the black community has been victimized in other ways it's relevant um these are the people that are supposed to protect us i mean violence and mayhem is definitely not the answer you know but what is the answer what is the answer i i I definitely fear for the revenge because you know there's a lot of peaceful protesting, which is great. I think protesting is great. It's important. It's part of our civil rights. But then there's people that are arsonists, people that take advantage, people that loot, people that beat up other people. I mean, I have seen crazy things uh, from friends who, who shot videos on streets of states like Texas after the the Floyd shooting or neck, knee, sorry, the knee on the neck, the, the death of George Floyd, I remember friends sending videos of um, of a white woman who was disabled and who had a black caretaker 
who was being paid, obviously, to take care of her, was a nurse, a nurse, you know, a home health aide. Um, and somehow they were on the streets or they were somewhere where they kind of got in touch with protesters and they just beat up the old white woman in the wheelchair. She couldn't even take care of herself um, because of the symbolism of having a black woman take care of her. It just reminded them of, of abuse and of slavery. And that's not right. That's horrible. But that, that, that is not the norm. That's not what most people are doing. Most protesters are peaceful. Nobody should be trespassing. Nobody should be setting any house on fire or beating people up because of their race. But it's going to happen, unfortunately, because people are fed up and they've been treated so poorly. And they've tried peaceful protesting for so long and it hasn't resulted in any major changes. So sometimes they just boil over. And we have to think about the consequences of our actions generally as a society. And that's what I'm afraid of now, of this becoming like a snowball effect and it just keeps getting worse and worse. But, you know, how do we change this horrible reality of prejudice and violence? And I kept thinking, you know, today is also International Dog Day. And, um, and I'm a huge dog lover. And maybe if humans were more like dogs... You know, my kids are all furry with four feet. <laughs> I have two dogs, Malibu and Bentley, two Yorkies. They're adorable. I've had many different kinds of dogs in my life. A Great Dane, German Shepherd, a Husky German Shepherd mixed, uh, mix. I had uh, a Chow mix. Uh, we believe he was mixed with Coyote. He wasn't pure dog, genetically speaking. It was really funny. And um, it was my Koi dog. They were always amazing. And um, I am filled with love and pride in talking about them. And it, and in order to turn this low vibe episode into a high vibe one, just as we must also do with our own individual lives and our society as a whole, I want to talk about the lessons, the endless lessons that dogs teach us without any effort in their part. Um, because they act on instinct and impulse and they don't overanalyze their moves. And perhaps that's the first lesson. But dogs can teach us so much more. They can teach us about being present. Because they're always present, you know. They're always in the, the pre- living in the present moment. Um, they, don't, they don't think about the past. They don't think about the future. They're not stuck in any ways. They're not anxious in any ways like that. They're just focused on the present moment. They're always living in the present. And they're reacting to their environment. They aren't planners, you know. But they're doers. And they also prioritize rest and relaxation. They're always, you know, you can be playing fetch or ball with them outside. And if they get tired, they're going to they're gonna relax. They don't care what you think about it. They don't care if it's the middle of the day. They don't judge, you know, their body's need for, for time out, for, for rest, for self-care. They self-care. They teach us about self-care. They prioritize what they value most, you know. If you think about it, like they're going to go to their favorite toy, their favorite person, their favorite treat, and they don't think about anything else. They just, they know their priorities. They love without expectations. If you ask any homeless person about that, they'll tell you. They don't think, yes, they love treats and they love food and 
you know, they, they kind of circle you if you have stuff. But guess what? They will be by your side even if you don't have anything to give them. They love you unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you look like, you know, what you have. It's amazing. They're such loyal friends. They establish their boundaries. You know, they're super territorial. Ask the squirrels to try to cross the street here. <laughs> um, and they stay endlessly curious, which is so good. It keeps you, you know, keeps you alive. It keeps you guessing what's coming up next and interested in life. But the most important thing that we should all learn from our dogs is that love should be based on the content of one's character and not on superficial things like the color of their skin or how much money they have or where they're growing up. It's such a valuable lesson. Because dogs, they love your heart. And they tend to be able to tell a person who has good intentions from one who doesn't. And they also repent from their wrongdoings. And they show that they're sorry if they ever do something that we don't like. And dogs also teach us forgiveness. Because if you forget to feed them, they lick you. If you forget to walk them, they lick you. If you spend all day away from them and they miss you like crazy and they had a hell of a day sad, you know, down in the dumps until you come home, they will still be super excited the very second you walk through that door. And even if you don't spend that much time with them, they still are so happy for that one second you had to spare and they show no resentment. Can you imagine if there were people that loved you that way? They teach you love. They teach you crazy, real fearless love it's a love like no other not only how they love you but also how you love them i can't describe the love i have for my dogs i don't talk about it because i don't people you know people don't understand i don't think unless they have dogs of their own even when they when they do they might have kids too and they might not understand it you know i don't know they also make you less cynical because i mean anyone playing tug of war their dog feels like a five-year-old you know you never behave like an adult when you are interacting with your dog, you talk baby talk, and that's a great thing. And lastly, they make you strong. And if anything, just by the simple fact that they never live as long as you, that already makes you strong because losing them hurts so dog so goddamn much. Um, but it even in that horrific pain, you find strength in their memory and in the energy that's coming from above. And I hope that we can all find strength. In, in, the, in the energy that's coming from the people that want change and that we can find love in our hearts and that we can be less judgmental and more like dogs. I, uh, I'm glad that Jacob is alive and I hope he heals and I hope there is a miracle and that he can walk again. Um, and happy International Dog Day to all of, all of you who are, are dog lovers like me. I really don't have much else to say. I'm just, it's really like a, a low vibe day for me. I'm trying to be high vibe, but I'm still just very down thinking about how we keep going back to the same repeated mistakes. And I'm hoping that that doesn't continue to happen. So that is all that I have for tonight. Thank you for being with me and for listening to me and for being a part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at highvibeadvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at highvibeadvocate. And looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday.